0: Sketches of Slave Life by Peter Randolph. Chapter eight. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eight. Religious Instruction. Many say the Negroes receive religious education. That Sabbath worship is instituted for them as for others. And were it not for slavery, they would die in their sins. That really the institution of slavery is a benevolent missionary enterprise yes they are preached to and i will give my readers some faint glimpses of these preachers and their doctrines and practices in prince george county there were two meeting-houses intended for public worship both were occupied by the baptist denomination these houses were built by william and george harrison brothers mr g harrison's was built on the line of his brother's farm that their slaves might go there on the sabbath and receive instruction such as slaveholding ministers would give the prominent preaching to the slaves was servants obey your masters do not steal or lie for this is very wrong such conduct is sinning against the holy ghost and is base ingratitude to your kind masters who feed clothe and protect you all gospel my readers it was great policy to build a church for the dear slave and allow him the wondrous privilege of such holy instruction edlo slaves sometimes obtained the consent of harrison to listen to the sabbath teachings so generously dealt out to his servants shame shame to take upon yourselves the name of christ with all that blackness of heart I should think, when making such statements, the slaveholders would feel the rebuke of the apostle, and fall down and be carried out from the face of day, as were Ananias and Sapphira, when they betrayed the trust committed to them, or refused to bear true testimony in regard to that trust. There was another church, about fourteen miles from the one just mentioned. It was called Brandon's Church, and there the white Baptists worshipped. Edlow slaves sometimes went there. The colored people had a very small place allotted them to sit in, so they used to get as near the window as they could to hear the preacher talk to his congregation. But sometimes, while the preacher was exhorting to obedience, some of those outside would be selling refreshments, cake, candy, and rum, and others would be horse-racing. This was the way, my readers, the word of God was delivered and received in Prince George County." the gospel was so mixed with slavery that the people could see no beauty in it and feel no reverence for it there was one brother shell who used to preach one sabbath while exhorting the poor impenitent hard-hearted ungrateful slaves so much beloved by their masters to repentance and prayerfulness while entreating them to lead good lives that they might escape the wrath of the lash to come some of his crocodile tears overflowed his cheek which so affected his hearers that they shouted and gave thanks to god that brother shell had at length felt the spirit of the lord in his heart and many went away rejoicing that a heart of stone had become softened but my readers monday morning brother shell was afflicted with his old malady hardness of heart so that he was obliged to catch one of the sisters by the throat and give her a terrible flogging the like of this is the preaching and these are the men that spread the gospel among the slaves ah such a gospel had better be buried in oblivion for it makes more heathens than christians such preachers ought to be forbidden by the laws of the land ever to mock again at the blessed religion of jesus which was sent as a light to the world another sunday when shell was expounding very much engaged was he in his own attempts to enlighten his hearers that there was one Jem fulcrum became so enlightened that he fell from his seat quite a distance to the floor Brother Shell thought he had preached unusually well so to affect Jem. So he stopped in the midst of his sermon and asked, Is that poor Jemmy? Poor fellow. But, my readers, he did not know the secret. Brother Jem had fallen asleep. Poor Shell did not do so much good as he thought he had. So Monday morning he gave Jem enough of his rawhide spirit to last him all the week, at least till the next Sabbath, when he could have an opportunity to preach to him. I could only think, when Shell took so much glory to himself for the effect of his preaching upon the slaves, of the man who owned colored Pompey. This slaveholder was a great fighter, as most of them are, and had prepared himself for the contest with great care, and wished to know how he looked. So he said, Pompey, how do I look? Oh, massa, mighty! What do you mean by mighty, Pompey? Why, massa, you look noble! What do you mean by noble? "'Why, sir, you look just like one lion.' "'Why, Pompey, where have you ever seen a lion?' "'I seen one down in yonder field the other day, massa.' "'Pompey, you foolish fellow, that was a jackass.' "'Was it, master? Well, you look just like him.' This may seem very simple to my readers, but surely nothing more noble than a jackass, without his simplicity and innocence, can that man be— who will rise up as an advocate of this system of wrong. He who trains his dogs to hunt foxes and enjoy the hunt or the horse race on the Sabbath, who teaches his bloodhounds to follow upon the track of the freedom-loving negro, is not more guilty or immoral than he who stands in a northern pulpit and hunts down the flying fugitive, or urges his hearers to bind the yoke again upon the neck of the escaped bondman. He who will lisp one word in favor of a system which will send bloodhounds through the forests of Virginia, the Carolinas, Georgia, Kentucky, and all the South, chasing human beings who are seeking the inalienable rights of all men life liberty and the pursuit of happiness possesses no heart and that minister of religion who will do it is unworthy his trust knows not what the gospel teaches and had better turn to the heathen for a religion to guide him nearer the right for the heathen in their blindness have some regard for the rights of others and seldom will they invade the honour and virtue of their neighbours or cause them to be torn in pieces by infuriated beasts Mr. James L. Galtney was a Baptist preacher, and was employed by Mr. M. B. Harrison to give religious instruction to his slaves. He often used the common text, "'Servants obey your masters.' He would try to make it appear that he knew what the slaves were thinking of, telling them they thought they had a right to be free, but he could tell them better, referring them to some passages of Scripture. "'It is the devil,' he would say, "'who tells you to try and be free.' and again he bid them be patient at work, warning them that it would be his duty to whip them if they appeared dissatisfied, all which would be pleasing to God. If you run away, you will be turned out of God's church, until you repent, return, and ask God and your master's pardon. In this way he would continue to preach his slave-holding gospel. This same Galtney used to administer the Lord's Supper to the slaves, after such preaching let no one say that the slaves have the gospel of jesus preached to them one of the baptist ministers was named to be harrison he owned slaves and was very cruel to them he came to an untimely end while he was riding out one afternoon the report of a gun was heard and he was found dead his brains being blown out it could never be found who killed him and so he went to judgment with all his sins on his head mr l hanner was a christian preacher selecting texts like the following the spirit of the lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives he hath sent me to bind up the broken-hearted but hanner was soon mobbed out of prince george county and had to flee for his life and all for preaching a true gospel to colored people i did not know of any other denomination where i lived in virginia than the baptists and presbyterians Most of the colored people, and many of the poorer class of whites, were Baptists. Sabbath and Religious Meetings On the Sabbath, after doing their morning work and breakfast over, such as it was, that portion of the slaves who belonged to the church ask of the overseer permission to attend meeting. If he is in the mood to grant their request, he writes them a pass as follows. Permit the bearer to pass and repass to blank, this evening unmolested." should a pass not be granted the slave lies down and sleeps for the day the only way to drown his sorrow and disappointment others of the slaves who do not belong to the church spend their sabbath in playing with marbles and other games for each other's food etc some occupy the time in dancing to the music of a banjo made out of a large gourd This is continued till the after part of the day, when they separate and gather wood for their log cabin fires the ensuing week. Not being allowed to hold meetings on the plantation, the slaves assemble in the swamps out of reach of the patrols. They have an understanding among themselves as to the time and place of getting together. This is often done by the first one arriving, breaking boughs from the trees, and bending them in the direction of the selected spot. Arrangements are then made for conducting the exercises. They first ask each other how they feel, the state of their minds, etc. The male members then select a certain space, in separate groups, for their division of the meeting, preaching in order by the brethren, then praying and singing all around until they generally feel quite happy the speaker usually commences by calling himself unworthy and talks very slowly until feeling the spirit he grows excited and in a short time there fall to the ground twenty or thirty men and women under its influence enlightened people call it excitement but i wish the same was felt by everybody so far as they are sincere the slave forgets all his sufferings, except to remind others of the trials during the past week, exclaiming, Thank God I shall not live here always. Then they pass from one to another, shaking hands and bidding each other farewell, promising, should they meet no more on earth, to strive and meet in heaven, where all is joy, happiness, and liberty. As they separate, they sing a parting hymn of praise. Sometimes the slaves meet in an old log cabin when they find it necessary to keep a watch. If discovered, they escape if possible, but those who are caught often get whipped. Some are willing to be punished thus, for Jesus' sake. Most of the songs used in worship are composed by the slaves themselves and describe their own sufferings. Thus, Oh, that I had a bosom friend to tell my secrets to, one always to depend upon in everything I do. How I do wander up and down, I seem a stranger quite undone, none to lend an ear to my complaint, no one to cheer me, though I faint. Some of the slaves sing, No more rain, no more snow, no more cowskin on my back. Then they change it by singing, Glory be to God that rules on high in some places if the slaves are caught praying to god they are whipped more than if they had committed a great crime the slaveholders will allow the slaves to dance but do not want them to pray to god sometimes when a slave on being whipped calls upon god he is forbidden to do so under threat of having his throat cut or brains blown out oh reader this seems very hard that slaves cannot call on their maker When the case most needs it. Sometimes the poor slave takes courage to ask his master to let him pray, and is driven away with the answer that if discovered praying, his back will pay the bill. End of chapter eight.